Yellow. Hello. How's everyone doing? I hope everyone's doing okay. Hopefully everyone's finding some sense of peace, and if not, hopefully they will find some today in their lives. Um, tonight, today, feels like night because it's dark out during the day. I guess there's a snowstorm or something coming. We Come are on. in a blizzard, but, too, up in Fargo. Well, we're not in blizzard, but I believe there's a snow weather warning Bree was telling me about. Yeah. So, today we are going to talk about powerlessness. And um, it's an interesting topic. It's a very vital topic. It's something that every addict and every human struggles with. So Mariah is going to take us in. If you can, share this out. And if people think I'm not paying attention, I'm just sharing it as well. So I am listening, but if that's why my head's down. I've never said that, but I feel like I should always say that. You just like dip out and just like like stare at a different screen. Oh, she's talking. Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Mariah. Take us in. Uh, first of all, hello, everybody. Um, as I mentioned, I'm in Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, we are in a blizzard warning from later tonight until Saturday. So that's how everything is going here. Just nothing new in February in the tundra. Um, but yeah, so Nick and I were talking a little bit earlier. I had no idea that we were going live today. And he was like, well, how about noon? And I was like, all right, that works for me. I'm on lunch break. So we are talking about powerlessness today, Um, and I think it is a really interesting topic. I feel like I could go both ways on the topic of powerlessness. Um, I could go many, many ways. Like, there's not just two ways. Um, But I have this, um, I, I went through, I have like a folder on my phone of pictures and memes and screenshots of things like quotes and things like that, that I found really, really helpful in my early recovery. And I remember that there was something about powerlessness in there. So I went back into the archives and dug out this quote um, that really helped me kind of grasp and understand. Um, so I'm, I'm part of a 12 step program. Um, I mention that almost every time that we go live. Uh, And so in that 12-step program, we have these things called spiritual principles, which are basically um, a fancy word for um, like values, uh, some core values that you have that help you lead a better life and help you um, navigate through recovery and um, uh, living up to like your own standards and the world standards and to just be a good person when you're trying to figure out how to, um, you know, begin again or start to like live a better life after you've been in active addiction. So anyway, um, the spiritual principles that I always kind of pair with powerlessness are surrender, um, which I think is a given and, um, faith, uh, to me, it's just kind of having that, um, well here I'll, so the quote, it's really short, but the quote that I that I saved. Um, this is from 2019 when I was in treatment and it says admitting powerlessness releases us from control and creates the possibility of a better outcome. Admitting powerlessness releases us from control and creates the possibility of a better outcome. And for me, uh, when I went to treatment, I was, I was that stubborn, pretty rude, um, pretty, uh, unwilling, uh, person to listen to any type of talk around the word surrender or, um, you know, you have to give it up to God type thing. I was like the fighter. 
on those words because I didn't have a strong faith. Uh, in a lot of ways, I had like an anti-faith that anything had my back. You know, I just felt alone, attacked, slighted. I felt like I was, you know, kicked when I was down. I felt like if there was a God, he was against me. Um, I felt all of these types of ways because I was so caught up in all of the traumas and all of the, uh, I mean, I, I share openly to, um, you know, uh, about my, my mental health struggles. And so when I went to treatment, yes, it was for chemical dependency and for addiction, for alcohol and drugs. But on top of that, that was like the, the tip of the iceberg was, uh, my suicidal thoughts and ideations that I was having, um, very seriously up until going to treatment. So, um, when I got there and they were, uh, my, my treatment counselor was like, oh, you just need to surrender. Um, and to me, surrendering is what losers do. Like surrendering is that white flag saying that you give up because you've lost. And I was a fighter. I was, I mean, I was just like, screw that. I, that's not for me. I won't be surrendering. I'm in control. Um, and it wasn't until I understood that, or, or like really, um, I mean, it took like a long time to navigate through it. Um, but it wasn't until I, I understood and grasped the concept that like my way and what I want life to look like and what I want to work out and how I want things to pan out for me, that's my control. Like that's, those are, that's exactly what was keeping me stuck in this cycle of self-sabotage because I would really, really want something to work out like a relationship or I really wanted a certain job or I really, whatever it is, I wanted, um, good weather, <laughs> you know, like uh, I'm wishing for that in Fargo, you know? Um, but I would like say like, this is how it's going to be. I want this to happen this way. And whenever anything didn't go the way that I planned it, you know, according to my expectations and the way that I planned my life, I, it was a reason to just snap and go off the handle and just be either angry, sad, blame outside sources, be a victim of the situation and self-destruct. And so I could turn to, um, you know, alcohol, I could turn to drugs, I could turn to all of the different vices that I chose in active addiction, which like there's such an extensive list, like it was um, food, men, uh, spending money that I did not have, like all of these things, you know. And, um, so once we admit that, once we admit that we're powerless over, um, for me, for me, I won't get into it. Um, that's, I, it's not really the topic at hand, but my spirituality now tells me that the universe really has my back. Um, and that sometimes the universe is planned for me and what I'm supposed to learn, who I'm supposed to meet, what's supposed to happen. Um, kind of like the path that I'm on, um, that I'm, that I'm the things that I'm meant to experience. Um, sometimes those things aren't what I would have chosen for myself. Um, a great example is on Christmas day. Um, I was assaulted on Christmas. Um, I won't get into that either. It's, uh, my family's extremely dysfunctional. It was really, really unplanned. I ended up in the ER. I ended up having to move away from home. I was living with my parents, um, up until Christmas and a lot of things happened where it was, um, definitely some turmoil in my life where I was like, uh, I had to brace myself. It was kind of spiritual whiplash. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, uh, I need to find a place. Uh, I now am on crutches. I can't use my right leg. 
um, that, that I'm dealing with, like the, the mental and spiritual, um, like the, the struggle, you know, of trying to keep myself afloat and keep myself moving forward and understanding life, um, and just all the things. So I definitely like, um, like no pun intended, like my feet were knocked out from underneath me, you know? And so to understand, like, um, I think before I found recovery, I'm just so grateful that I'm almost two and a half years clean and I've been working a recovery based program and I've been focused on getting better, doing better, um, and building myself up and, and building self-trust and empowering myself because the moment that that happened, I was sitting at the bottom of the stairs, thought for sure my, my ankle was broken. Like in my mind, there was no way around that. I was in a lot of pain. I was hurt emotionally. And one of the first things that I thought of after the pain really subsided and I was still waiting for EMTs and police to get to my house was, I wonder what good is going to come out of this. Cause there has to be something good that comes out of this situation. And there's been so many good things that have happened. Um, a lot of things that were very unplanned in my life, but it's also like everything is working out. You know, uh, this is not the plan that I had on paper. It wasn't in my calendar, um, for that to happen and for it to go this way, but to understand and to give up that like, okay, all right. You know, like brace yourself. It's never life. Life sometimes doesn't go according to plan. Um, and instead of that victim mindset where I'm like, I'm going to self-destruct, um, I'm going to self-harm, I'm going to blame myself or put this pressure on myself because something must be wrong with me because these things are happening to me. Um, and all of that, like inner tornado, like <laughs> brain shitstorm that like used to happen when I was in active addiction, when I was victim blaming, um, that didn't happen. It just, I mean, I mean, I went through my, my, my bouts of it, you know, and every day has not been perfect since the incident I've had, uh, it's been kind of a roller coaster, but for the most part, it's been, you know, um, wow. Like I, I've, I feel like I have faith in understanding that my plan isn't always the plan, um, that is best for me. And to kind of understand like when life gives you lemons, <laughs> you know, like learn to pivot, learn to pivot with it. And, and now that we have the tools that we've learned and been doing the work in recovery, how can we shift and, and just kind of, um, figure out how it's going to go instead, you know, instead of that self-destruct, like end our, our, um, recovery where it's at or, or whatever, you know, um, we don't have to do that anymore. I know for sure that I don't have to self-harm anymore. I have options. I have the power in me now, um, now that I have some clean time and some practice on what it means to live a life without drugs and alcohol that I have, I have friends and people that I can reach out to. I have a sponsor. I have, um, I have textbooks. I have regular books that I just got from Barnes and Noble. <laughs> um, I have Instagram pages and friends online that are living a sober lifestyle. I have, um, my sisters now know the certain lifestyle that I'm living. So like I have so many different options and people that I can reach out to sources that I can go to tools in my toolbox, um, that can keep me on a path of choosing the next right thing. Even when life really throws me curveballs and things are really up against my control. And so I have the, I think uh, when Nick picked powerlessness, I was like, hmm, because I get really kind of like interested to discuss this topic because, uh, yeah, I, I truly feel like I was in a position where I felt extremely, um, lost 
an extremely like uh, caged by my addiction. And it just felt like there was no way out. I just, I was, I, I, I um, often say that it felt like I was in like, I was like underground in darkness and had no clue that there was even an entrance. Like I just didn't even, I stopped looking for an entrance. I just gave up at the idea that I could ever get out and that there was light anywhere. Um, and so like that is, I remember those feelings of powerlessness, but I also like, it's my job as like a life coach today to help instill um, power, uh, self-trust and to help build empowering mindsets, um, with my clients and with myself. And it's like a daily practice. So yeah, I like definitely go with both ways. I think until you, I think powerlessness and feeling empowered go hand in hand. Like, I think that you need both to be on um, a spiritual journey, um, or to recover fully, uh, otherwise to be empowered would be this like egotistical, crazy maniac, <laughs> like, uh, you know, concept and the way that someone lives their life. If they don't also understand that they're powerless over like the events of the world and, and the way that like a, their day to day can unfold without like them necessarily choosing certain things. So that was long winded. Um, thank you for letting me share Nick. What do you got? Uh, powerlessness is interesting so there's like many different many different um, experiences in my life where so like generally speaking like when I think of like powerlessness it's like something that uh, I think it's like why the serenity prayer exists part of why it exists is like uh, because I want to control those things Right, I want to control the things that I don't have power on. The things that I potentially do, or as you're talking about, like being empowered, it's like those are the things that I don't fixate nearly as much on. It's kind of like when I got clean, or before I got clean, it was like the one one of the the one major thing in my life was that I could not and would not be able to stop using on my own. And then when I put one in me, I could not control what happened right after that, you know. But it was like I wanted I wanted it so bad. Rather than the simple fact that, like, when I had some some acceptance over the fact that, like, I have no power over what happens when I put something in me, right? It's like, I want to change that. I don't want to stop using. I just want to change what happens when I put one in me, right? And it's like, that's transferred over from, like, getting clean was, like, when I finally did come to terms with the fact that, like, I had no control over what happens after I put something in my body. After I get high or numb, or escape, or whatever, it, I have no control over the way that my brain views it as the necessary life force to exist, to be alive, you know, and anything that wasn't that um, felt like I was, like, dying, you know, the thing that was killing me, though, was the thing that I felt like it was giving me life, and it's the, the paradox of, like, uh, using or like recovery it's like the paradox and the using aspect that it's like this thing that's killing me and creating more shame is the thing that i view as the only way i can deal with the shame it's the it's the view that i feel like the only way i can deal with what goes on in my head is the same thing that perpetuates the lie right and so it's like from that perspective so it's like once i had that acceptance over the using but then it's like since i've been clean how many things that's still the same where it's like the things that i have no control over Things that I have no power over to control are the things that I think I, that I want to. No different than I was using. It's that that unhealthy mindset of um, 
addiction or, you know, whatever you want to call it, the the way my brain's wired is it's always those things that I want to control because I can't. It's that, that the powerlessness is the fact that I don't have control and I, 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 I cling on to the idea that I, that I do, you know? And so it's like, that's why I was saying about like the serenity prayer is it's like, that's so uh, vital in recovery and healthy living life, whatever, um, staying clean is because of the fact that like that simple um, release, you know, I think of like surrender. So it's like for a long time when people talked about like surrender, they would say like, I think you said it even like the giving up or the white flag or whatever. And like I heard it in, in a book, so this isn't mine, but I heard it and it made the most sense to me. This woman was talking about surrender and she said, uh, non-resistance. And it was like, to me, it was not about giving up. It was just about not getting in the way anymore. You know, it was like the, 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 the way to freedom was to just kind of go with the flow, you know, versus the way my brain is wired is I wanted to always swim against the flow. You know, it was like, that's why I got high was because of that insecurity and that self doubt and that shame that it was like, I, I, I wanted to not feel those things, you know. I, I fell into a role at an early age um, that continued on. I fell into the role of uh, putting myself last and trying to, um, so using like was a, in its own fucked up way was like I could put myself first, you know. The only way I knew how to put myself first. It wasn't healthy. It didn't, it didn't help. And in fact, it wasn't really putting myself first. It was just the only thing that up until that point I, I had, uh, felt like I had, you know, and so um, the reality of it was I was actually putting myself the furthest in line because of the fact that like what came with it was uh, so catastrophic and so detrimental and, and led to nothing that it, that exemplified like living or peace or joy or anything like that, you know, and so it's in the in that surrender to follow up with the powerlessness. It's like kind of like for me, like as a, you know, I don't talk about what program publicly I do, but I'm a 12 stepper. And, you know, I, uh, um, when the pandemic happened, we couldn't make meetings. That was powerless. That was probably one of the, the hardest, uh, that was probably one of the most intense feelings of powerlessness was the fact that like the center point of my life for a long time was going to meetings, being of service in the meetings, uh, being involved, going to the jails, going to the whatever, you know? And like doing all these different things and being in a collective with other addicts, um, you know, working together with the commonality of like trying to get better, trying to live a healthier life and to find value in oneself. You know, there was such a sense of I gained value um, even on the days I didn't find value in myself. You know, like even when I made a bunch of mistakes, I could go to a meeting and uh, I would find some sense of value in myself because I could get out of the the self-destructive thought patterns of I'm not good enough or anger shit or um, I'm no good or the traumas of the past or like whatever it was it was like or even in the present it was like that one thing that I could go there and do it and so it was like I had no control over uh, the fact that you know the world shut down you know and uh, and meetings were non-existent and Zoom is not the fucking same I'm just gonna I'm gonna say what it is it, they're cool it's cool but it's not the same the connection's not the same. Um, the, 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 the connection of spirit, but that was like probably the most, uh, one of the most, I mean, I've had a lot of other things. I mean, you know, in all the years I've been clean, I've had so many experiences of powerlessness. I deal with it all the time. You know, I deal with it on a day, day to day basis of 
so many things that I have no control over. And even on myself, the thing that I guess I do have some sense of control over is like how I interact with the world and how I treat others. And like, I fall short in that, you know, I'm not nowhere near perfect. Perfect isn't even on the goal. And some days, some days I'm a, a, a lot better at it and I'm much more content with how I care of myself. And other days I'm not so much, but you know, I'm always willing to try and um evaluate and so it's kind of like when i think about like powerlessness the pandemic and whatnot and COVID in the world but less about all that stuff and more about just the dynamics of like meetings and like 12 steps and like uh, uh the groups and the fellowship and stuff like that and like how much that changed and like how much like social uh anxiety that you know, has been sparked from all of this that has happened. And once again, this isn't me getting on a side. This is just the literal facts that like these things happen and they created anxiety. This isn't about like how bad it is or none of that shit. It's just the simple fact that like, regardless of an opinion, there was a time where we couldn't, you know, it wasn't there, you know, I mean, in, in my area, there was zero meetings open. You know, there was a time where we couldn't even, you know, I mean, toilet paper was gone. You know what I mean? Like there was, you couldn't even get toilet paper, let alone go to a meeting, you know? Like, I lived, I lived alone and I had just a few months clean when the pandemic hit. And it was, it was like a really sketchy feeling uh, knowing that like I lived by myself, like, and it was just me. Like, uh, yeah, that was a really hard pivot. I remember the powerlessness and uh, anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it transferred over, like, how much, uh, uh, like, socially, like, so I'm, like, a huge extrovert, and I've always gained, um, like, my sense of, like, life force in its own way from a collective of people, and it's, like, just from interactions with people, and, you know, to go from the way things were to, like, then it became this whole thing, like, that's not how it is, and then there's, like, all these rules, and there's all these things, and, like, uh, everything was so different, you know, and it's, it still is, you know, and, and, uh, and like how much, you know, my therapist called it, he said a collective trauma that we've all gone through, you know, and so I guess like for some people, it, it probably didn't affect them nearly as much, but for someone like me who like thrives in being around people and, 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 and hugs and like all that shit, like all, all those things that were included in that, you know, um, to not have it and to be gone. And it's not like talked about. I feel like this is like a, a thing that gets talked about and everyone then talks about the side they're on, whether it's vaccines or no vaccines or masks or no ma Fuck all that. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the literal uh, leftover residual un, uh, uh, trauma that we all went through. That's the part now where I'm right. talking about. It's, it's just the fact that like I did not say, hey, I want the world shut down, you know, but I also knew that I couldn't do it. There's nothing I could do about it. I, I didn't, I didn't say, Hey guys, uh, the way I've done things and the way I've dealt with things is to go to this place and do these things. And now they're not there, you know? And, um, and then you add at first, they told us we were all going to die. Like it was the Ebola, you know? And now it's like, it's yeah. not, not quite Ebola, but you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, but it was like, it was like a, 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 a huge amount of fear where it was like, don't fucking breathe in the wrong direction because you're going to die. And like, that was so, it was like, I don't know, like it was like in combination with that and then not being able to, to, to deal with the fears and, and the things for myself in the way that I, I had always done it, you know, since I got clean. And so it's kind of like, and this is like some of the work I've been doing lately is like how much that uh, had an effect and how much I labeled avoidance as acceptance, you know, and like how much that's, 
uh, changed my perspective on like powerlessness in its truest form because up until that point, powerlessness was always based on um, like I can't control what happened in my childhood. I can't control the fact that I'm an addict. I can't control the fact that when I put one in me, this is what happens. Uh, I can't control other people. This was like a, the whole fucking world has changed. You know what I mean? Like the ultimate form of no control, no, nothing. And um, unfortunately, like a lot of people, when these changes happen, they got high and people killed themselves. I know people like killed themselves because of all these changes. I mean, it wasn't like, hey, I killed myself because of all these changes, but it's like these changes happen. And then, you know, mental health is trauma response that you were talking about. Yeah, you know what I mean? And it, and it's just like for, for the fact that the matter is, is that like now it's like trying to find some like sense of a uh, 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 normalcy. And what that is involves looking at how much this period of time over here truly affected me and changed the way I think, you know, and, and, and my views on the world. And there is some sense of uh, uh, freedom in, in, in that. In, in in the actual looking, it's no different than uncovering some sense of trauma and not just glazing over it, but really looking at the trauma and finding out what's valid and what is real and the belief systems that spark from that what is mine versus what is borrowed or given or forced upon me. And it's like, there's the truth. There's reality. There is the, as you said, like empowerment, I suppose. It's in that sense, I mean, like to have to be empowered, I have to accept my powerlessness to be empowered. I have to know that there's a lot of shit I'm powerless over right. and be empowered. Um, you know, it's kind of like you said, you can't have one without the other because empowered without some knowing of powerlessness means brute force and control. And like that is um like you said, like that's ego or that could be potentially like narcissism or something like yeah. that. And so it's kind of like finding that healthy medium, you know, but at first for anyone that's new struggling or whatever, simply just started for me with the fact that like, do I want a better life? Do I want to not like, like hate myself anymore? Or if you don't hate yourself, do I not want to like be unhappy and miserable and maybe everyone else around me crying like that? I think everyone can relate to if they're a drug addict or an alcoholic or whatever, you know, um, is the fact that like I, when I focused on finding a new way to live or a better life or just a different life, it was like I was able to stop using. And once I was able to stop using and find and adapt a lifestyle that was much more um, conducive to living a lifestyle that wasn't so based in, in fear and self-centeredness and um, destruction, chaos, I mean, whatever. I mean, you could put a lot of words on it to describe what I would describe as active addiction, self-degradation, deprived acts, whatever. And in that sense of powerlessness is where I found power. You know, it's that collective. It's the fact that like my power has always come from a collective understanding of others. So I'm not just basing all my information on shit. I think, right. Or, 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 um, things I feel because those are, are things that like, uh, especially with like feelings, it's a thing where it's like, I, I truly believe this is like feelings are based in facts, sure, at their core, but feelings are not based in facts because most of the time, untreated, it is the thought patterns that 
I or other people will focus on. So it's less about the feelings anyways. And it's the thought, the never ending stream or the, uh, the attachment of thoughts on whether it's anger or whether it's, uh, being a victim or whether it's happiness or elation or anything like good or bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the fact that like those thoughts are the stream, not the feeling. The feelings are generally pretty fast. You know what I mean? Like it's like, it's quick. They happen quickly. And it's about like regulating the, the, the focus onto those because the thoughts are where the delusions or the denial or the, um, or the trauma, the trauma lies. I mean, any, any one of those things is where the thoughts end up overtaking the feelings. And I've noticed a lot of people, um, this is a common theme and I've definitely done it myself where it's like the focus is on the thought and the thought becomes the feeling when reality, the feeling isn't the thought, nor is the thought, the feeling. They're two separate entities. And if anything, the worst thing to go off of for me and uh, people like addicts or like other things, it's like to go off of the fact that the thought is generally wrong. You know, if the thought is about like me and like I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like it's like super in the sense of like I need to write this or something is wrong or um, I don't like this or whatever. It's like generally that's when thoughts go astray. And I become so far separated from the feelings anyways, which was the original point in, in my head that I feel sad or I feel angry or I feel happy or excited. And now I'm on 47,000 thoughts over here. And then I'm wondering why I fucking am so miserable. And I want to say it's because I feel these things. It's that it's that disconnect from the feelings. It's that disconnect from the fact that I don't have control over what I think. I, I don't. I do have control over how much I sit in my thoughts. I do have control over what I'm doing to change those thoughts. Like a great tool for me is like meditation and like yeah. people are like, Oh, I can't do it. I have some of the most severe ADHD I've ever met. So I know it's you've ever met and I can fucking meditate. So I, anyone can meditate if I can do it because it's like, uh, uh, my, you know, I've, I've ever say all the, oh, my brain's like, Brr. it's like my brain has 70,000 thoughts at the same time. Hence why, I mean, why I, I forget shit or I'm, I'm, I don't see things or object impermanence or all these other things. It's like, it's like in that simple fact that it's like, if I really, um, if I desire to find the truth, the truthness, the truth comes from stillness, not from thoughts. Thoughts don't give me the truth. They give me a perception, which is faulty and flawed 99% of the time. I, I like what you were saying about like your thoughts kind of going a million miles a minute. Mine do that kind of anyway. Um, I also, I live with like a anxiety all, like 24 seven, but um, it has gotten so much better and it's just gotten different a little bit uh, since like when I was actively using, you know, I, I was in deep in that obsession and it was those repetitive self hatred, self loathing um, thoughts that were keeping me in that like shame spiral cycle that like just kept me really sick. And so like to just kind of like end, I guess, on the powerlessness topic, it was that um, I love that you said non-resistance. Um, so if you don't like the word surrender, because um, to me, I, yeah, I, it sounded like failure to me or like giving up. And I hated the idea of giving up control. Um, but to, to look at it as like um, focus on non-resistance and just, um, that's why I really love the 12 step program that I'm in. Um, and, uh, even if you, if you're not, um, you know, interested or willing to look into a 12 step program to just like into, into some form of a group, maybe you can find a group online of people that are living drug and alcohol free or whatever it is, however you want to change your lifestyle and, um, just do as they suggest. 
Um, and that is, uh, if you do, uh, if you start to like change your life and pivot a little bit on your daily habits, um, how someone suggests that you do it because they're doing it and they're successful in it. Um, that is like the definition of like non-resistance because you're like, you're, you're stopping the resistance with yourself where you're like, you, you're going to do, I like, I'm, I'm going to do it my way. You know, like how far did your way get you? You know, like my way got me suicidal into a chemical dependency treatment center. Um, and so to just, uh, for me, it was like going to my first meeting and understanding that there were people there with years clean. Um, and I, I really, um, like trusted their word, um, and just kind of was like, well, uh, instead of, uh, trying to say that I'll do it my way, because I think that I know better. Um, it was that let go of some of that resistance and some of that stubbornness that I definitely had for a long time, still definitely have some, but, and just kind of like did as I was, as was suggested, even if I'd never done it before, or I had no idea what I was doing, you know, like a lot of us, um, for me, like I was living in active addiction for years and years and years. So I didn't know what it was like to live healthy or to live clean. Like I didn't know what it was like to not use alcohol every single day of my life. Like I didn't know what it was like to even care for myself, let alone like love myself. And so I had to really open up my ears and eyes and be willing to kind of let go of my resistance and look to other people for that type of guidance. Um, and to just be a student of life. Like I had to be willing to be a student instead of, um, I know, I know, I like, I know what I need. I'm like, you know, that was, that was the way that I was living and it wasn't serving me. So, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And I know that you have a thing you got coming up here in a couple minutes. So we'll try and wrap it up here. Um, but yeah, it was, it was great having you come on. It was like a little last minute thing. So, I mean, you know, hopefully somebody out there got a, a, a experience, the message of hope. Um, if you guys are tuning in or just tuning in, you know, please share the socks. You never know who needs to hear this message. Um, yeah, no, but I, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we did this and you, know, you have anything you want to say before we, uh, get out. Um, uh, not entirely. I just, I'm, I'm like really grateful for this too. I just feel like when I woke up this morning and when I came to work, I had no idea that I was going to be chatting with you today and doing this. And so it's just kind of like, um, you know, being willing to accept the blessings that kind of come your way, even if it, you know, <laughs> uh, it's not originally planned, you know, like being willing to, to just do the next right thing right. is really cool. So flexibility, right? Right. Yeah, totally. For sure. All right, guys. Well, we're glad. Uh, hopefully, anyone that's watching this, like I said, shared us out. And as always, I hope that you have a peaceful day. And if you haven't found any peace, hopefully you find something, even if it's for five minutes, that gives you peace. Um, but I hope you guys, uh, I'll see you guys soon. We'll see you guys soon. Friday, tune in. Got another video coming on I with somebody. I don't, I got to look at the details. I forgot them right in front of me, but whatever. Somebody, I'm doing a video Friday with somebody as well, and as well, shameless um, promotion for tonight. Wednesday is the 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. California time. It is the Community Addiction Support Group for anyone that is in recovery and is looking for a new meeting or to be of service, someone that's struggling out there and just looking to find out what is recovery and where does that begin great place to start is in the meeting tonight or if you're a family member and you love someone that struggles 
or has struggled with addiction and you have questions about setting and implementing healthy boundaries and or just looking for the support of other family members that have been through it, come check us out. I will put in the comments the ID and password for the meeting tonight. But other than that, see you guys soon.